You can find out more on my Instagram at Quiet Fire Radio. Welcome back to Quiet Fire, the show where we celebrate female vocalists, classic and modern Australian and international. Someone representing the Australian contingent of that. My guest this week, Gabriella Cohen. How are you? Hello, I'm wonderful. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Now, uh, we're here to celebrate the release of your new album, Blue No More. It's only been out for around a week or so at the moment. How does it feel to have that out in the world? Yeah, it feels very surreal. I'm, I'm wondering where it's gone now, you know? I've just been spinning, but I wanted to the last couple of weeks on the show. And previous to that, I just got so high. Both of those songs I'm a huge fan of. They are a slight departure, I guess, from your earlier work. Are they a good reflection of what one can expect listening to the album more broadly? Uh, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. The, the album's really bipolar. I, uh, yeah, I guess I just threw it all together like a big salad. The first half is, yeah, they're two very different sides, which I really like. So it means that if you know, if you have the vinyl and if you're not really into pop stuff, you can just flip it on to the, to the B side and have some really nice, solemn folk, you know? So yeah, it's not, I don't know how to, I don't think there's one song that represents the record, unfortunately, or fortunately. I actually tried to close the show last week um, and I hadn't listened to it before the close of water, but I just sort of wanted to flick it on because um, I was like, oh, you know, sometimes... Sometimes if you listen to a few of the singles and then you play the closer, you get sort of a synopsis of the record. No, Rewind is the last song. Oh, all right, all right, all right, all right. That song, in any case. Um, but you're right. Like, the, the, the B-side is sort of that more, you know, it, it, it feels very different. How did that exactly happen, that the, the album feels so sort of separated like that? I think it's just the way I write. Like, I don't write with any kind of concept. I just... I just write whatever and whenever so finally when I had like the group of songs ready I just wanted to I just wanted to put the best songs on the record and they all happened to be pretty different and so the best way I could group it was like up or down but by the same token you are still really devoted to the album format you know your however that is eight to 15 tracks nowadays this is the third record you've released since your debut, Full mm. Closure, No Details, in 2016. Mm. You know, a lot of artists are just sort of putting out singles, EPs, singles, EPs, and they don't really feel any necessity to sort of group, you know, two years of life experience and then release it as a, as a long player. What is it about yeah, that totally. format that makes you, you know, that dry, draws you in? Well, I guess, like you said it perfectly, it is, it's like people's private memory. People, you're just listening to the inner world of someone's like private nostalgia. And then I guess, but to be honest, after I made this record, I was like, God, why am I bothering? Like I should just do <laughs> just like some hit singles because it's just so much, not only like labor but like emotional labor it's just a thing and I'm like I don't even know who's listening to records anymore you know like 
I'm not sure. I don't know if I'll do it again. I think I might become a plumber, actually. It's very telling that that's your two cents when the record is, in fact, called Blue No More. Is <laughs> your, your position as being Blue No More, you know, the result of having got this album out into the world and now you're just like, I'm free of all of this stuff that's hung over my head. You guys, my listeners, can deal with all of my shit now. Yeah. And um, yeah. I'm going to become a plumber. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'll be really, really loaded. What are some of the sources of, you know, this, this blueness, which I'm going to guess is some sort of, you know, some sort of depressive force in your life? What are, what are some of the sources of it? I was totally going through, like, my satin return. And I didn't even know it at the time until my friend, well, my sister actually was like, you're going through, you know, you sat in return when you turn like 27, 28, and you go through this like three years of, it feels like you're in a washing machine is the only way that I can explain it. And that's why I wrote water. But yeah, so a lot of it, I was just, I was just really depressed. <laughs> that's about it. I had just come back from New Orleans and I had come off the back of like touring for like four five years and I was really used to being on the move and then I found myself working living in St Kilda and working at a little fish and chip shop which was like a sobering case of reality you know it wasn't at all bad I was just like what am I doing and yeah most of the record came out of that there was good bits though it wasn't all terribly depressing I don't mean to get all depressed on you but obviously, you know, the, your headspace is different on this record to where it was on your last release. Pink is the color of unconditional love back in 2018. <laughs> that was more of a, you know, slightly more, mildly more positive kind of outlook on you in any case. Is it just simply the state of the current world that's, that's been bumming you out or is it something more broadly within the music sector? Um, no, it's it's nothing specific. I, I think it was just some feelings that I caught on to and maybe they were, you know, to do with the world, but it wasn't, I, again, I think it was just like going through Saturn Return and like, and trying to refine purpose again. I think that was, that was what was going on. The Gabriella Cohen Project, I know that the lineup around you has revolved a bunch of times. You know, as a songwriter, I guess you come into the studio, however that is now, and you've got a melody and a hook and sort of a, a sense of the song. Do the do the musicians around you sort of guide almost the genre that those songs fall into? I know, like, when I listen to your first record, it's almost got sort of a, it's almost got a shoegaze sort of sense to the way that the guitars sound and things like that, and that's largely been abandoned from from what i hear of the new album right yeah no the musicians have not informed those decisions that's all that's all me i will generally have everything mapped out and i'll kind of dictate it to whoever's around me but yeah every, yeah everything's totally mapped up out already whether i can help it or not i would like to be more collaborative but it's just done you know that's cool what who is in the new band per se i mean i know i know as uh, as an artist traveling and recording under your own name that that term means something quite loose but um who was who was on this no, record and who will be who will be touring with you when you get to do that surely this record was it was really um it was mostly me sam Cromack from ballpark music for three songs he played um 
drums, guitar, and a bit of bass. And then I had those only about two other, two or three other tracks where I had a couple of other instruments, but it was mostly a really solo record. Um, so when it, when it came to the release time, I was like, who am I celebrating with? It's hilarious. But for this, for this album tour, um, I've, I've been doing auditions and I've managed to attract a really amazing band of, they're all like hot young things who really want to play. <laughs> okay, so we got Jazz on keys, we got Dave on bass, Louis on guitar, and Louis used to play for Kate, a full flower moon band. And I have like a rotating lineup of three drummers, Danny, Lachlan, and Luke. And I don't know any of their last names properly, so please excuse me. But shout out. It sounds like the timeline sort of worked out for you. I know that the last two years, of course, everybody wanted to end up on the road a little bit more and they they weren't able to. But, you know, you're able to come out of this time and, and you've got a full album to release. Almost the schedule has sort of all worked out on the assumption that this wasn't delayed in any case, but has it sort of worked mm. out sort of for you? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The pandemic was really kind to me all this time allowed me to finish writing, finish recording, get a band together and take my sweet time about it. So I've been really lucky in that way. I know a lot of people have also, um, you know, they've used the pandemic time to write incredibly grandiose you know, orchestral parts for their album. And then because they didn't really have to think about touring them until the 11th hour. And then they've got to, you know, sort of piece that together at the last moment. Yeah. You know, being that the songs get written without being road tested at the moment, has that sort of been a conundrum now that you have to find yourself on the road? Yes and no. Like I never really, I never ever think about how I'm going to perform it live when I'm in the studio or like when I'm writing, because I feel like that would limit, that would limit creativity. But now, yeah, I, I definitely want to, I think the big grand shows that I want to do in Melbourne, I will have like strings and horns and a big choir and that will, that will kind of realise the vision a little more. But for the normal shows, I'll have to like hone that one back a little. Obviously, as someone who's considered themselves a professional songwriter for, you know, six, seven years now, you know, when you look back on your first record and where you are when that just came out, what what is it that's about this album that you sort of feel proud in yourself of? Is it the way that the instrumentation's put together, your lyric writing, your songwriting itself, the sound itself, some of the production elements? What what are you most proud of on this release? Well, I love this release. This is like the I'm I'm so damn proud of it. I think I like skipped down the street listening to these songs. I feel like everything has stepped up. The production quality, the people I've worked with, the instrumentation, the arrangement, like everything is like the step up I've been waiting for. So I'm like awfully chuffed about how it all went down. Totally. I think it's the best work I've done ever, which is what you want. You want to keep on going up. Yeah, that's right. Well, especially being that this is your last release before joining the trades. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. This is what you're going to be remembered for. (laughs) I'm interested to find out. I mean, probably the song that I've listened to most was I just got so high. It was a song that I actually discovered just on AMRAP when it was released. And I didn't really have any background on you at the time. Oh, cool. I'm I'm sort of interested to know about the background of 
that song in particular. I mean, obviously, there's obviously a little bit of a juvenile frivolous element to getting high. That's funny, haha. But then there's there's some other layer to it as well. Tell me about that song. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's definitely nothing to do with smoking billies. I was just madly in love, and I had just met, you know, a really nice human. And I just, you know, when you just can't get someone out of your head. And I was walking around Brisbane, and it just came to me through the traffic. I have like this voice memo where you can just hear like these huge trucks, and like I just got so high today. Because I did. I think it's just like, yes, yeah, all about dopamine, and you know. And those early feelings like, this is forever, you know? Yeah, so that's I, what it's about. You know, I don't, I don't know the full history of your geography, but I know that you bounce, have you bounced between Melbourne and Brisbane to some degree as well? Yeah, definitely, yeah. How does that sort of impact, you know, I mean, I know this is a trivial interviewer question, but there's... no. The two cities have such a diverse musical sort of thing, you know, the sound wise, they're so different, you know, Brisbane, you've got mm. your juvenile punk rock kind of defined by your, like uh, your violent Soho's of this world. And then Melbourne is the darker, grittier, grungier kind of area. And I think, you know, this, this record in some parts falls in between the pair of them. Do you think those, those things have an influence on you and the music scenes around you? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and more so like the weather and the trees and the shape of the houses and the architecture and the streets and like all the, the memory, all the little like timestamps and whether that's in buildings or cafes, it has like a huge impact. And the, you know, each place is so sentimental that I'll write, I'll, when I go to, when I go to Brisbane or Melbourne, I'll like change a little bit and, my writing will just adapt. I'm, I guess I'm kind of like a sponge in that way. And I love, I love traveling for that. It's, yeah, Brisbane is very, I lived there for like six or seven years and it's very sentimental. Have you, you're in Brisbane now, right? You're no, in I'm in, I'm in, I'm in Sydney, but it's, it's sort of interesting oh. for me that it's just like, particularly the last year of me doing this show, it's becoming increasingly evident. I mean, for a long time, I've, um, you know, I've, I've called, called Melbourne the cultural capital of Australia, which, you know, is a little bit facetious, but, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Mm. Um, yeah. It's staggering to me the influence that Brisbane has on, on the music scene in Australia now. Like, not only has Brisbane completely surpassed Sydney, but it's on its way to, to overtaking Melbourne in many ways, in many of the, the mm. musical thing, which is just, it's stunning how... Um, the breadth of music and the quality of music that's coming out of Queensland, which to many, many people to say that anything Queenslander was going to be a cultural capital of Australia 10 years ago would have just been laughable. Absolutely. Yeah. Brisbane is like a melting pot of insane talent. I think the only problem is that, I mean, a lot of it's like very untapped in the way a lot of the stuff happens in people's bedrooms or people's lounge rooms. And it's like, you know, there's limited venues, so it's, like, behind closed doors. And you kind of, like, got to know what's up to be able to tap into that. But it's getting better, like... But, yeah, I'm so proud of Brisbane. And I'm constantly wondering if I should move back there, you know? Because there's just too many people in Melbourne. Everyone's a goddamn musician. <laughs> That's right. 
And that leads me into my next question. You're, you're going out on tour in the next couple of weeks. Very exciting. Let me just double check here. I'm sure that the... I'm just trying to remember whether... The Sydney date is at Waywards on the 17th of March. That's going to be great. I look forward to that. Provide, you know what, actually? I say that facetiously. Are you going to be there? You better be there. I, okay, I'm going to come, but the thing is that I'm not looking forward to anything. I look forward to things on the day they happen now because everything gets cancelled, yeah. as we all know. Yeah, yeah. But for, for the sure. sake of the record, I'm very excited to go. I'm looking forward to that. It's a couple of months away. But aside from the obviously coming and seeing us here in Sydney, where else are you excited about going to? Where else? I'm, I'm really excited to just, just to play, to be honest, and just to get back in a van. Um, but I'm really excited to play uh, Theatre Royale in Castlemaine in Melbourne because it's one of my, it's like a beautiful theatre and I've always wanted to have like a full band show there. But everywhere, it's an, it's, it's an honour, you know. That venue in Castlemaine has become, it has exploded in the last couple of months as well. So many bands mm-hmm. going out there to, um, you know, someone out of state. I didn't even know the place existed. But it's, um, mm. there's bands yeah. playing there every week now, right? have to go visit. Yeah. Gabriella, it's been an absolute joy. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Congratulations on Blue No More. The song is an, uh, the album is absolutely incredible. You were nominated for Australian Music Prizes for both of your previous two albums. I very much hope, and I'm sure that you'll be in the mix for another one in 2022. To take us out, we're going to play the most recent single, but I wanted to. Do you want to give me maybe a, a short intro and uh, hello, this is Gabriella Cohen, and you're about to listen to But I Wanted to, my latest single about a love that might not deserve you that much. That's perfect. Thank yeah. you so much.